Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Syracuse Sports. My name is Brent Dax. Syracuse Sports is presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider of SU Athletics. However you got here today, thank you for that. Subscribing and following, that's the best way. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Amazon, however you got here today, we do thank you for that. We would thank you even more if you would leave us a review in your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Apple in particular, it does help us stand out a little bit there. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Send us some feedback on the show, and we are going to do this a little bit later on here. And we've been doing this on our Syracuse football postgame shows, Emily Liker and I. The voicemail line's been chirping, 315-552-1964. Leave us a voicemail anytime, and if you want to get in touch with me, you can always do so on X, X, at Brent X Media. And longer inquiries you can send via email, B-A-X-E, at Syracuse.com. Well, the Syracuse football team is in a bye week, and frankly, we could use a break from football, but not completely. We will discuss a little bit of a Dino Babers that needs to be found again here. We are going to talk plenty of basketball today. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be me talking basketball. You know who's going to be talking basketball with you today? Let's get the list here. We got Adrian Autry. We got Judah Mintz. We got J.J. Starling. We got Benny Williams. We got Chris Bell. We got Quadir Copeland. We've got Naheem McLeod. I went to Syracuse Basketball Media Day on Friday, and you're going to hear all those voices and, of course, hear from Coach Autry as well and five of the more interesting things that he said at Syracuse Basketball Media Day. So if you've been watching football as of late and watching a football team just look dreadful, frankly, in its last three games, particularly the last two against North Carolina and Florida State when they were outscored 81-10 to 10 in those games, and you're saying to yourself, is it basketball season yet? Well, the answer is almost. And hearing those voices and maybe you went to Orange Madness on Friday at the JMA Wireless Dome, maybe you got in the mood for basketball we got you covered today. But there is a little football we have to discuss. A couple of our uh, voicemails later in the show are going to touch on football. But here's a question that I have, okay? Anybody remember this guy? Visualize this. You're in the carrier dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special team that has been well coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football. Where have you gone, Dino Babers? That's the question I have. And I think we're hoping he finds a little bit of that guy in the bye week. Now, Dino's got a lot on his plate. Jason Beck, the Syracuse football offensive coordinator, have a lot on their plate. And that should be the primary focus during this bye week. Defense, by all measures, is fine. It has an identity. It knows who it is. It's got playmakers. It kept Syracuse in that game against Florida State for the better part of three quarters. But when you're on the field that much and that speed and that talent of Florida State eventually is just going to take over, it results in the 41-3 loss. Nobody's got anything on the defense in that game. It is the offense where Dino and Jason Beck and anybody else that wants to get under there has to get under the hood and fix this thing. This is not 
a cure-all. It is not a fix, but I think it's something that Syracuse football fans really want to see again. That Dino Babers that we heard, that Dino Babers that came in in 2016 and put a shot of energy into the Syracuse football program. Now, mind you, when you take over as a coach, you've got to win the press conference. Okay, that clip was from Dino's first press conference. We all remember it well to close our eyes and visualize. Well, if Dino asked us to do that again and we closed our eyes, it'd be a great excuse for a nap because he has lost his edge as a coach. He has gone from we're going forward on fourth down, the offense that won't huddle, go, 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 to playing it safe. There have been way too many examples as of late. The Clemson game kicking a 57-yard field goal as opposed to maybe faking it in that spot. Maybe even pooch punting in that spot, right? North Carolina, now mind you, it's 30-7, to right? But the message you send late in the third quarter, it's 30-7. to You've got the ball fourth down at midfield. Now it's fourth and one. Syracuse gets a penalty. It's fourth and six. He punts the football. The Florida State game. 24 to 3. The defense is hanging on by a thread, but it has kept the football team in the game. And Dino Baber sends on the field goal unit and the football gods. To me, thankfully, I will thank them for this. You might not like me saying this, but the football gods said, no, 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 no. We are not going to let you have what is otherwise a pretty easy kick for Beatty Denneberg at 37 yards. What has happened to the Dino Babers that would roll the dice, that would always go for it on fourth down, that would give the fiery postgame speeches, that would win the room? You've got a Dino Babers now that is complaining about NIL. You've got a Dino Babers now that's playing it safe. You've got a Dino Babers now that, I don't know, maybe he's feeling the weight of what surrounds this program right now. He knows his job is on the line. He's getting a little more snippy with the media. What is it? Dino is not going to come in and all of a sudden be a gambler again and fix what is wrong with the Syracuse offense. But I think he underestimates how much more backing he would have if he would go for it in these spots as opposed to punting, kicking field goals, and always taking the conservative route, right? You've got to send a message. And look, you don't coach to appease the fan base, right? We had a couple of voicemails on our post-game show. And if you haven't listened to it, it's up on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and everything. And not only did a lot of the people that called the voicemail line come back to the fact that Dino kicked the field goal, sideline demeanor, where's the energy, where's the passion? Which, by the way, I'm in the minority there. I don't care about that. Dino Babers could be a statue on the sideline for all I care. I want the thinker. Okay, now I know Bill Belichick's not a great example these days because the Patriots are falling apart and Belichick's probably in his last days in New England. But when Belichick was in his prime, what was he known for? Stoic, standing there in his dirty sweatshirt, just honing in on the game. The boring press conferences, right? I never minded that. I don't need a coach that's punching out blackboards. I want him to be the calm in the storm. So I don't have the issue with the sideline demeanor that maybe some people do. I have a major issue, though, with the fact that Syracuse football, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, has become bland and boring, and it is nothing to what Dino Babers told us it was going to be. Here he is in year eight, and it has become stale, predictable, boring, and he just will not go for it. Uh, Dare I remind you that we just passed the two-year mark of the Clemson game. 
two years ago. Syracuse driving down the field, about 43 seconds left, fourth and one. You've got Garrett Schrader, a terrific big running quarterback, Sean Tucker on that football field, and he kicks a 48-yard field goal. Syracuse misses the field goal, and they lose to Clemson 17-14. When's the last time? Think about it off the top of your head, because I can't think of one. When Dino Babers rolled the dice, and even if he didn't get it, you were like, that's my coach. That's my guy. You know he's going to go for it. In the first few years of the Babers era, that was the coach. And I'm sorry, that's an easier coach to back. I want a coach that's going to roll the dice, that's going to go for it, that's going to put a charge in a team, that's going to try and motivate the team. No great comeback was ever started by shoving the field goal kicker out there, right? Great things do not happen when you are boring, conservative, and don't take chances. It feels like Dino won't take any chances anymore. So it may be too little too late. But with Syracuse football having, statistically, one of the easier schedules down the stretch in the Power Five, Chris Carlson wrote about this on Syracuse.com. Now, some of these metrics, FPI, and some of these things, like they're not the greatest indicator in the world, but it is certainly a manageable schedule down the stretch. You know who thinks that, by the way? Dino Babers. Here's what he said after the Florida State game, and I quote, I'd be very surprised if the offense does not go back to exactly the way it looked previously. That's what I'm anticipating. The things that are going to improve in the offense are the defenses that they're going against. The things that are going to improve in the offense are the defenses they're going against. Now, Baber certainly isn't wrong there to say that Virginia Tech, Boston College, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Syracuse's five remaining, five remaining opponents are not quite on the level of Clemson, North Carolina, or Florida State. But way to give those teams some bulletin board material, number one. But there is some offensive opportunity there. We'll see. He just expects it just like that, the snap of a finger, to get back to normal. I'd like to see Dino roll the dice a little bit, put some juice back into the offense. And I know there's been injuries. There's no question about that. Garrett Schrader was playing with what was described as food poisoning against Florida State. You don't have Trevor Pena. Your offensive line's missing a couple of key guys. Obviously, a Rondé Gatson and that injury. But you've got dudes. You've got LaQuint Allen. You've got Donovan Brown. Isaiah Jones has disappeared from the passing game for some reason. Damian Alford has not come close to being the number one target that this offense needs him to be. So Babers is on notice to wake up, start drinking caffeinated beverages again, and put some charge into the offense and go for it more. And the honeymoon for offensive coordinator Jason Beck is officially over. I like Jason Beck. I think he is a great choice for offensive coordinator. When we talked to players throughout training camp, it was like they opened up an advent calendar every day of some new juicy offensive play. We haven't seen that offense come to fruition. We need to see that offense come to fruition in the last five games of the season, no matter what the results are. Dino has lost the room. Dino has lost so many fans as it is, but he's completely lost that gambler mentality, the gunslinger, the swashbuckler. In that spot, he's going to go for it. It's the opposite now. We know he's going to fold when he needs to splash the pot. Is it basketball season yet? Almost. You're going to hear plenty of those voices coming up next year. Stay right there. I'm going to just step aside here and turn over 
this segment of the podcast to the Syracuse basketball team. It was media day on Friday, went over to the Carmelo K. Anthony Center. And I do have to say this, right? I wonder how much the shadow of Jim Beheim is going to lurk over this basketball team. I mean, I mean, do I have to describe the legacy of Jim Beheim and taking that step forward in the huge shoes that Autry has to fill? That's pretty obvious at this point, but it struck me. Because when I walk through, so when you get to the Mellow Center now, you have to go through the main lobby of the Lally Complex and kind of wind your way to the Mellow Center. And it was about 10 minutes before 4 o'clock. And I looked and sitting in a little office with what must have been CNN or some kind of news on the television was Jim Beheim just sitting by himself doing whatever it is Jim Beheim does these days. And a mere how many feet away, Adrian Autry was about to almost officially take over as basketball coach at his first media day. And Autry admitted it's kind of weird. You know, it is weird. And for some reason, um, I feel like today, um, me speaking today, this is the loudest and clearest this speaker has ever been. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I've I, I, 12 years. I never could understand anything that was going on over here, but it's pretty quiet and loud today. But um, I'm getting used to. Um, you know, stepping in and, you know, speaking on behalf of, of, the, of the program. We've heard about it, right? Man-to-man defense. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, I think, uh, obviously, the, the, the biggest thing is that everyone sees on the, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, um, we'll, we'll, we're going to play man-to-man. Um, you know, I've been not shy about that. That's what, you know, we need to do. This is a group that we, we have, this group that we have right here with our depth think it'll you know fit to what this group is doing but even going forward you know we're going to play man-to-man Autry's smart here he knows that the big complaint under Jim Beheim was a lack of man-to-man defense the other big complaint about Jim Beheim was he wouldn't go much deeper on his bench Autry says oh yeah we're going to do that I do I do I believe uh you know, we, we had a big class come in last year, um, and we returned to all those guys, and we added some guys. But the one thing about that, uh, all the freshmen last year, they've all come back and improved and gotten better. And with our incoming players that we have now, it's just it's a really good mesh. Like a, we, we have a lot of, I believe, a versatility on both sides of the ball, and, you know, we have talent. So um, we will play more than, you know, six or seven guys this year. Oh, music to the ears of many Syracuse basketball fans there. And Autry Agard himself back in the day for the Orange. He's going to have a heck of a backcourt with Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling. And Autry's known J.J. a long time, bringing him back home, Notre Dame transfer, coming back to the Cuse. Um, You know, uh, I've known J.J. for a long time. You know, I think I've known J.J. since he was seven. Um, and uh, him and my, my son um, kind of grew up together, came up together, um, so... Obviously, you know, the transfer portal, his name's in the transfer portal. Uh, the first time that we uh, was able to reach out, I think um, we both had a kind of a understanding. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a, it's kind of like a reunion a little bit. So, uh, again, we, you know, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew why I was calling. And, uh, you know, we got it done pretty easy. Judah Mintz returns a sigh of relief, uh, certainly there for Coach Autry to pair Judah Mintz with J.J. in the backcourt here. Autry on some improvement he's seen in Judah's game. You know, he's he's improved a lot. You know, I think the one thing um, that everyone will see is uh, in the way we play right now is 
um, how disruptive he can be on the defensive end of the side of the ball, but uh, he's improved overall, you know, decision-making, jump shot has improved. Um, he's just a improved player. Perimeter shot, defense, two big things we should see improve for Judah Mintz this year. From Coach Autry to the name we just brought up a moment ago, J.J. Starling, Baldwinsville native, goes to a prep school in Indiana, close to where he ends up at college at Notre Dame. Bad season for the Irish. Mike Bray, as it turns out, his last season as head coach at Notre Dame. The transfer portal offers you that opportunity that you can come home again. Let's listen to J.J. Starling on that process. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I'm able to see my parents, my friends, uh, whenever I get the opportunity to, whether it's, you know, I'm in the classes, practice, I'm able to get home for a little bit, and that's just great to me. J.J. has a long relationship with Coach Autry. As Coach Autry just mentioned, here's J.J., on that relationship and how he sees Coach Red is like my family. So, you know, he, he's a coach, my mentor, like an uncle to me, and can't get anything better than that. Um, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat things with me. He's going to push me to be the best individual that I can be, and, you know, I just want to grow. So, I heard this throughout the offseason. Maybe you saw the hashtag orange standard. So I asked Chris Bell, what is the orange standard that I've heard so much about here? And I thought we had that clip here, but it looks like we do not. So we shall move on from Chris Bell. Sorry, Chris. I don't I don't see the clip here. <laughs> Little mistake there. All right. How about we listen to Judah? We mentioned Judah Mintz and the process of going through testing the waters. What's the NBA going to say about him? Well, here's what Judah said about that process and ultimately why he decided to come. Really, just just trying to make it. I, I was trying to make it to the NBA. Uh, that was the only thing running through my mind, uh, to be honest. But uh, I, I was talking to Red and, and Coach G-Mac a lot, uh, probably weekly, I would say. But I was really just focused on what was ahead of me. Judah Mintz here saying, look, he came back not just because he didn't make it to the NBA. He wants to do something with this. We don't want to just make the tournament, uh, but, but we want to make a run. Uh, we want to be really good. From, from a Syracuse standpoint, um, and, and that's what I came back to do. That's what everybody here uh, is trying to accomplish this year. One more from Judah Mintz, uh, certainly the focus of what brought it all together for this team to maybe make a run this year and get back to the tournament and bring Syracuse back to that orange standard that we mentioned, uh, comparing and contrasting Autry and Beheim. So uh, the way we our style of play has changed uh, dramatically. Offensively and defensively, I would say uh, our, our our personnel from a team standpoint is a lot different uh, with this with with this new group, uh, and also just just the way he coaches us, just the way he uh, he speaks to us uh, is a, it's a little bit different. Uh, different coaches have different styles, uh, and him and Bayam are just two different people. Now, there's a lot of new faces on this team, and the one that's easiest to spot is seven foot four center Naheem McLeod, the transfer from Florida State, the tallest player in the history of Syracuse basketball. Naheem McLeod here. Uh, Syracuse, you know, is a historic program, you know. Uh, the teammates, uh, the guys, when I got here on my visit, the guys walked me with open arms, you know, told me how much they needed me, you know, that Jesse was leaving. So, you know, I was just like, you know what, like why not give, you know, Syracuse what it needs and what it wants. How do you like Syracuse so far? What's uh, been the best part about it? I think Syracuse is a lot more quieter than what I expected. Um, you know, I'm coming. I'm used to coming from like a party program, 
uh, you know, just being in a big community. So Syracuse was like, I go out to like different sporting events like soccer, you know, just see how the community looks. And, you know, it's packed, football games are packed. So just everything coming along is going to be well. Now, Naheem, we should mention Syracuse has been voted the top party school in the country a time or two. So quieter than Florida State. Looks like they've got some uh, ground to make up in that case there. Uh, one guy that I really enjoyed talking to at Media Day, and he was walking around doing something, I believe, for social media for the Syracuse basketball account. He's kind of jumping in on some of the interviews. Fun, personable guy to talk to is Quadir Copeland. But here's what stood out to me. I polled every player that I talked to, and the majority said when answering this question, who is the most improved player from the end of last season to now kind of getting ready for this season? The answer was Quadir Copeland by a majority. I think only two players did not mention his name at all, and three or four right away said it was him. So this is a little bit longer of a clip here, but I just enjoyed the back and forth with Quadir, and I did ask him about it. So I've asked a few guys who the most improved player from last year to this year is. You want to take a guess who it is? Uh, I don't know. It's you. <laughs> How do you feel hearing that from, from your, uh, your teammates? It's amazing. I'm glad to just have the support from my brothers. You know, I like to call them my brothers You because know, at the end of the day, we a family, and we go to war together. So it's definitely just amazing to hear that support from them, and I really just feel like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'm glad to see that everybody just realized that I'm approving, and you know, just I'm glad to see that they know that I can help them. That's all. So how you feeling about this year? A lot of changes, obviously, not only with Coach Autry taking over, but a lot of new faces on. This. I feel amazing. You, know, I think Chance, JJ, uh, we had Will last year for a visit. You know, that was our youngin. And even Naeem, I knew Naeem. He's from Philly. Like Chance Harrisburg, I've been playing with him since a kid. Me and JJ been going at it since City Rocks, so it's like, it's, it's it's amazing, you know, just being able to see all these new people, and we all had the conversations on like, yo, what if we could be at the same school, what if we could do this high school, and you know, we all, it was always just talk, but the craziest thing to see it happen is just like, it's just like it was God's plan, really, and it's just, it was amazing, it's amazing. So, has Coach Autry changed at all? He's got that title now, head coach. Um, I just feel like coach is just way more serious. It's not the it's it's it, it's not the game. It's not the standoffish coach we used to get. Where it's like, you know, he gonna he, he lets you make mistakes. He lets you, but he also gives you his more confidence. It's just he just has a higher role, so he's just speaking out more. That's all it is. You know, last year with Mayhem as the coach, you know, it's Mayhem still the head coach, so it's just we more just going to him more. So now it's just going to Red more. It's just. Different input, different stuff. It's, it's amazing, though. I, I like it. Being able to get coached by a 6'6 point guard and me being a 6'6 point guard, there's nothing more I can ask for. There you go. Quadier Copeland, you can tell, fun to talk to. Was having a lot of fun at Media Day. And with Autry mentioning a moment ago, going deeper on the bench, it's players like Quadier. The main complaint, one of the main complaints that Syracuse fans had about Bayheim was certain players that would just get too cold on the bench. They would have to be put in there if it was a foul trouble situation or just unhappy with the guy ahead of them. And just they didn't get enough run and burn and momentum and a rhythm to contribute. It feels like that's going to be different under Autry. Nobody's more excited than in this moment, the dawn of a season. We're still a couple weeks away from those exhibition games. There was Orange Madness Friday at the Dome. Judah Mintz winning the dunk contest with the windmill. Monroe Madness, if you're listening in western New York and the Rochester area, Buffalo, within you know a reasonable drive, they're going to be doing Monroe Madness in Rochester this upcoming weekend. And before you know it, we're going to be rolling 
into basketball, baby. People very excited about this team, the refreshing change, the new approach, tough schedule, as we will certainly get into in the days and weeks ahead with the Maui Classic, of course, having being moved to Honolulu, and we're still thinking about our friends in Maui dealing with the aftermath of, of the wildfire there. Of course, playing LSU in the ACC-SEC Challenge, the Colgate has beaten Syracuse two years in a row. That's not a brush by game in non-conference play anymore. The matchup with Oregon, which takes place in South Dakota, weirdly. Like, this is a very interesting team for a lot of reasons. And you look at the basketball angle of it, the sign that Syracuse will truly be back is if they can get back in the AP Top 25, and it's been a few years since they've been there. Preseason poll came out this week. Syracuse did not make it. Three ACC teams did. So that league is certainly not going to be an easy walk for the Orange either. It's good to have basketball in the air, right? It's good to hear those voices, and we thank those players and Coach Autry for taking the time to speak with us at Syracuse Basketball Media Day. We're going to hear from you coming up next with a couple of voicemails. All right, it was kind of a football-basketball sandwich today, football being the pieces of bread with basketball the peanut butter and jelly filling, if you will, here. Let's go back to football. A couple of voicemails came in at 315-552-1964. Leave us a voicemail anytime on anything that's on your mind on the Syracuse sports front. And football certainly on the minds of, of both of our callers here. Let's listen into voicemail number one. I just know that Schrader is not well, and that's one of the problems. I know it's not up to one person. However, he's not the way he used to be, and it's because he's that well. <clears throat> Thank you. So direct and to the point. Now, Schrader, of course, took the hit against Clemson right to the helmet, was not called a targeting, was initially it was overturned. He has not looked right since then. But this particular game, 9 for 21, 99 yards, was not the swashbuckling take-off-and-run Garrett Schrader. And as Dino Baber said afterwards, he had food poisoning, was dealing with that in Tallahassee Friday into Saturday. Okay, we're hearing a lot of excuses and a lot of injuries and things that happen over the course of a football season. But if this offense is going to get back to where it needs to be, just a capable, functioning, competent offense, it's going to need Trader to get healthy. It's going to need Trader to take off and run more, to take advantage of opportunities the defense gives them, frankly, to get any sort of resemblance of a passing game going. Why Syracuse doesn't have just a basic functioning offense bewilders me. There's no slant routes. There's nothing in the middle of the field. I've been well on record that they don't use the tight end enough. It's all sideline throws or things that just frankly don't work. And I know they're not, they don't have Gatson out there right now, but you do have some receivers that you can have a basic working offense. I hope that Beck and Babers take a hard look at this during the bye week. Go to the kiss theory. Keep it simple, Syracuse, right? And just get your offense back in some sort of rhythm and some sort of flow. When you're coming out of the bye against Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium on a Thursday night, not an easy place to do it. Virginia Tech also with the bye. Let's listen to our second voicemail. Hey, Brent. Ryan and Boston here. Called in last week. I just want to talk on the touch, touch upon the whole playing and win mentality or the lack thereof of it. And kind of one dimension I'm kind of bringing up all the time and thinking about how it's hurting us in another way. If, according to Dino, we don't have the resources to compete for recruits and transfers and 
the NIL space, then what are we doing here? You know, we got to show these recruiting transfers that you have a motivated program that goes for it on fourth and sixth when we're down three stores. You know, scores, sorry. Recruits know that we're expected to be FCU, but show them that we at least have a chance to shine in, in the national spotlight. We're not going to just tuck tail. Show the fan base we aren't relegated to accepting defeat. You know, show them we have some fight. Show them we have some dog in us. Um, you know, I think that really go a long way with, with showing recruits that this is a space they can come, they can shine, and they can get to that next level. Uh, final quick point, if Schrader did have, and I use air quotations here, food poisoning, uh, we have a backup for the same reason as if he had gone and sprained his ankle in practice. If he's not healthy enough to play, then, you know, why do we have him out there? Let him rest and recover so we can come back strong in the rest of the schedule. If you just play when he's sick, how are we expecting him to, you know, get better week over week and, and be there for, you know, this end of the season here where, we should pick up at least a hope, hopefully a couple wins. Um, anyway, sorry for stumbling through that, but uh, enjoy the uh, rest of the day and keep putting out great content. Ron, do not be sorry. Spectacular voicemail. We kind of started the show, and we'll kind of bookend it with the points that you made. There are wins on the schedule left, and only two of them get you bowl eligible, right? What you said about putting that dog in them. Syracuse just doesn't have any I don't want to say when they fight, they play hard, but there's no pop. There's no energy. There's no momentum, right? We talked about Dino getting conservative all of a sudden. Syracuse not going for it. You mentioned the fourth down, 24-3, kicking a field goal. What message are you sending here? Dino Babers, I think he was right to make this complaint in the press conference. I don't think he landed the plane because if you're going to present a problem, you got to offer the solution. But there's just this collective vibe around the program right now, and when you lose – 81 to 10 in your last two games and you get your doors blown off three games in a row, all on national television, by the way, it's, it's, I mean, you got Keith Bullock, former orange, former Tennessee Titan NFL star tweeting, get Syracuse off my television, right? You got former players out there. Josh black to his credit has been very honest on social media about what's going on with this team and with the program overall. These are fixable problems in some ways going forward in those situations, energy, mentality right Dino talks about the Ohana and the family atmosphere like can we just have a, a football team that's fun to watch again that's what we were promised it's certainly not what we have now and it's tough to have a fan base rally around a coach when this is what he's giving them right some of these problems are fixable winning fixes all if Syracuse can fight its way to about eight wins or so maybe this all dissipates and people will be happy with that but Ron spectacular voicemail there if you want to leave us a voicemail 315-552-1964 is the way you do it on x or twitter brent x media the email is b-a-x-e at syracuse.com syracuse sports is presented by kraus health the official health care provider of su athletics thank you so much for watching today for listening make sure you subs- uh, subscribe and follow on spotify apple youtube or amazon please leave us a review on any of those places it would be greatly appreciated here and uh just a couple of programming notes we do not have a post game show this week with emily and i because the orange are off on saturday but we have been doing live post game shows after every syracuse football game they've been going great the highlights from you, the comments coming from you, is we're live on Syracuse Orange Football, on Syracuse.com, on Facebook, Syracuse Orange Sports. I'll put it back up here as you can see it on the screen, our YouTube channel, Syracuse Orange Sports. So join us live after Syracuse football games, next one being the 26th, Syracuse at Virginia Tech. Following that, it's a Friday night game 
Syracuse Boston College back at the Dome for the first time in over a month. Those have been going great, and we just appreciate you checking out the show as well. Syracuse Sports with Brent Dax, presented by Krause Health. You guys enjoy uh, the rest of your week. We've got a couple more shows coming for you this week, so stay tuned for that. But thanks for checking us out today, friends.